He comes from Tsushima. He's got a really nice katana. He's working for the Shogun. Has to discipline his body. Cause he knows that it's demanding to defeat those evil Mongol hordes. I know that he can beat them. Ghosts of Yushime. <laughs> they don't believe me. Okay, That's I'm going to let this go. Wonderful. Stop my attack. I'm very impressed, Matthew. I, I didn't want to interrupt you there because I was wondering where you were going to go next with it, but you did not disappoint. Line after line, you uh, yeah. kept that up very well. And uh, even though we should continue our narrative of us sailing back to the, the British Isles, I'd let you have that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I needed it. It's been a while since I've sung in an introduction, I think, yeah. other than doing well, which the Which makes me feel so. we need to just wrap that up. Okay, so we were going back to British Isles. It looked like, you know, things are still a bit dangerous there. The pubs had opened and all that. But um, I guess... It's okay. Local councils will take care of it now, so it's and fine. And it's fine. And, 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 you know, you've got to wear the masks in the shops, so it's fine. And so everything's fine. Only from the 24th of July, though. So, you know, get everything you need in now, Tom, before that happens, you know, because you can be a free man and catch COVID. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> more right. We're, we're back. We've done it. We've done that trip. It's all over. Now we continue. Exactly. COVID's gone, everybody. <laughs> Tell the newspapers. <laughs> no. Well, it, to be fair, like, we realised halfway through that narrative that this probably isn't going away anytime soon. So we're we like, okay, we should probably wrap this keep up. Keep it up. But it, it's been a fun uh, adventure that we've been on. It has. Yeah. And now we're... It's probably the most thought we've ever put into an introduction. We didn't put any thought <laughs> into it. We're trying to continue it. it. We didn't put any thought into it, yeah. Matthew. It's like we put the bare minimum of thought into it. It felt like we were planning the well, More than we usually do. <laughs> before the podcast. That intro was the best intro we've had for ages. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The bar was... To be fair, the bar was pretty low, Tom. And I think, you know, it does feel like the end of that story because now I have a working copy of V-Rally, so it feels like it's all come Oh, wow! <gasps> Congra- oh, congratulations! Did you have, like, a gender reveal for the V-Rally? I have three copies of it, one that works. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it also came smashed, unfortunately. It was in very good condition before the guy sent it out. And he packaged it not bad, but not good enough, it seems. It wasn't handled very well by Hermes. Of course, it wasn't. And so uh, I was able to get a partial refund on it, which means that in the end of it, I'm not too out of pocket. It cost me about £15 for this game at the end of all this with yeah. refunds and, and such along the way. Partial refunds mostly and full refunds. And Oh, my Lord. It's good. Were they refund to do? Yeah. Oh, no? Dear. Okay. Game's good, though, <laughs> you know, if you like that sort of thing, as I do. It plays very well. Good. Yeah. I'm glad it was worth all that effort and the like three months it took you to get a working copy. Yeah. <laughs> Way back in... Oh, this began... Yeah, it began at the beginning of COVID, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning of us doing God, those little intros. 
That was in February, Tom. So it's March. Oh, yeah, it's okay, almost, okay. It's so mid- the beginning of March. It was more like that. Yeah. More, beginning of lockdown, shall we say, not the beginning of COVID. April, May, June, July. Yeah, that's four months, Tom, to get a copy of the rally. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, glad it was worth it. Yeah, good. Good game. Recommend it. V-Rally 2. Hopefully you have a bit more luck with getting the working copy than I did. Well, you know, perhaps that'll become the new holy grail of collecting for said Sega console. Of just like, hey, we need to... All of the copies of V-Rally are dying. I've got a working copy. £700. They were just damaged. You know, even that second one where that guy insisted it worked on his Dreamcast. I saw no way that with a deep scratch on that disc that was going to work. He must have a super Dreamcast, I suppose. It has immense powers that can read any disc. Maybe. Well, I t- it's to possible. Be fair, you like know, I are... do believe him because yeah. he was a very genuine sort of guy. Um, but still, it was very scratched. One very deep. Yeah, scratch. but I'm, I mean, also there are there are different disc readers and Dreamcasts, right? Isn't there something about like there are versions of the Dreamcast that play copied games better because? Of the laser, it uses quite, quite or possibly, like, quite possibly. So maybe he's just got a different Dreamcast from you, Tom. Yeah, it's but okay. you know, he's got to consider that not everyone's got the same Dreamcast as he's got. No, it's okay. Maybe you should send his Dreamcast to you so you can prove that it works. I'll on try it on one of my other many back. Dreamcasts I own, so we'll work it out. Yeah, have you started like how many Dreamcasts do you oh, own I've now? Because I know you've I've got loads count. of knackered lasers. <laughs> Because I was just saying, like, you should do, like, a wall art. You should just, like, spray them different colours and have them like the Beatles. Yeah, I should wall. do. One is kind of, one is yellow with a rectangular white shape on the top where someone's placed something and the whole thing had gone yellow. Um, I could do with repurposing that one. Anyway, uh, you tell me about Ghosts <laughs> of uh, Tsushima. Tsushima? Yeah, um, Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah, it's a ghost it is of, not ghost. Island. It's not a plural ghost. There's only one ghost. I'm. I will check. It's ghost. Honest, it is ghost. I've just been referring that. to it. It is ghost. It is ghost. Okay. Is he the ghost? Ghost. Is of... your protagonist he... a ghost? No, he is not a ghost. He is not a spooky <laughs> samurai. Um. So start of the game, uh, you play as a character called Jin. Um. He is the nephew of um. Uh, the head samurai of this of the island of Tsushima, and he is in battle with him. And like, it's a very dramatic introduction. I will say this game is it oozes like every every person's like wet dream of samurai films. Mm. It is it is very much taken Kurosawa through the, the lens of a Western developer and gone, oh, Japan. Quite literally um, as well. One of the modes yes. the game's features. Yeah, which also just like, the game is... Uh, I'll, I'll get into okay. that in a minute. Anyway, you're there on this beach and you're, you're looking and like, there's 80 samurai and they're all looking in a 300 style thing of just like, oh God, there's only 80 of us, we're all on our horses and you just see like tons of Mongol ships like coming towards Crikey. the sand and they're just like how are we going to kill all these people and they're like well we're not we're going to die but like at least we'll take a lot of them with us with samurai da 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 um, and essentially what happens I won't spoil what actually happens because it's quite dramatic you end up losing the battle surprise surprise because your uncle is the the head of 
all of the samurai in this area and essentially could surrender the island on behalf of Japan. Mm. They kidnap him alive. He thought you were dead, and so you are on a quest to save your uncle. Um, and that that is the game in a nutshell from what I've seen so far. It's gorgeous, absolutely beautiful game. So much so that my lovely lady wife had to like stop a couple of times when she was walking through the living room as I was playing it and running through fields of like throwing grass and like windswept leaves um, to go like, oh god, this is really nice. And I was like, yeah, this is beautiful. And surprise, surprise, Tom, there are moments in the game where you can create haikus uh, by sitting in these scenic spots, and you can you can take lovely screen grabs of you sitting there in a meditative pose. And uh, you can compose haikus uh, on the wow, world around wow. you. It is. That's, I didn't know that about the yeah. game. Like, I've read a little bit about it. I've not heard that little uh, titbit. Tidbit? Is it a tidbit or a titbit? Tidbit sounds I wrong, doesn't tidbit. it? Tidbit, tidbit yeah, sounds tidbit wrong. Tidbit is something else, Tom. <laughs> Don't ask for a tidbit in public. Um, yeah, no, it, it, is, it is an overwhelmingly beautiful game. I do get the feeling, like I said, that it is clearly like the western view of japan uh, and that there are like anari shrines everywhere and there are however, like, shinto shrines everywhere however i've heard the japanese gaming magazine say this isn't this is a very accurate version of japan oh well that's yeah yeah you. they said it isn't the typical westernized version you expect from you know western develop it's a very well researched game yeah, yeah. that actually captures it very well apparently historically speaking that's good. Mm. Then I will put my my feelings about that aside. Yeah, That's good there to you go. However, one thing that I didn't see in that Famitsu review summary when they they gave it a perfect score was the fact that uh, the despite the Japanese voiceover cast being incredibly good, uh, the they're not lip sync. The lip syncs wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. Like honestly, I I guess. Sucker Punch thought that people would just be reading the subtitles so they wouldn't notice, maybe? But, like, it's really jarring. Yeah. Especially in that introduction that's really dramatic and, like, you're sitting with your uncle on the back of the horse and, like, they know they're going to die and they know they like get in their heads, like, hey, we're going to go into this battle for the good of Japan, but we're going to die. And then, like, he says something really short and then his mouth keeps moving. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another game that does that. Um, quite prominently, and said you could get kind of get used to it. But it's usually the other way around. Is Shenmue like, like that? Usually... Yeah, yeah. Usually Shenmue uh, English perhaps doesn't. It's usually bad. That's English the only thing on I can of, think like... of. But I'm not sure if it is Shenmue. I can't. It feels it feels a lot like PS2 era voice acting, if you know what I mean. It's just like the mouths are moving in time. Ah, yeah, like a Final necessarily... Fantasy Ten or something. Don't know if that's yeah, they aren't necessarily move like animating the mouths in the way you kind of expect okay. with the modern game. So you're playing with, like, it in Japanese shapes and stuff. I am playing Which it in is, Japanese. You know, that's yeah. accurate. It's kind of what you expect to play a game about samurai in. Yeah. Surely, they had like... a conversation about that, and they were like, uh, "Well, we want this to be popular with a mainstream audience as well, and and not everybody wants to read subtitles." That's fair, but also at the same time, like, if it came down to the fact they were like, okay, this is going to require like four months of crunch for our developers. This is something we can do after the yeah. fact. We can fix this in. Oh, post. they could, they could do it if there's enough outcry for it. Maybe they'll go back and fix the Japanese. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, lip-sync. hey, I mean, 
Mass Effect certainly did. If you remember with Andromeda, the, there was a lot of complaints about this with the English dialogue uh. that the voice, the the mouth movements were terrible and stuff, and they post, put it in post. So who knows? yeah, yeah, perhaps they'll do that. But interesting that uh, it would get a perfect review from a Japanese publication and it not be perfect. Well, maybe to also give Death Stranding a perfect review. To be fair, so <laughs> I'm I'm not really that trusting of Famitsu's reviews at the moment, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, anyway, that aside, like if you're saying that Japanese people are saying this is a good representation of Japan, then that's fair. Like this is what I hear. It is, it is very much a video gamey world, though. Like apparently there are geographic aspects of Tsushima that are not on Tsushima, like there's a snow part and stuff uh, that the game, is technically it all accurate the game. to the island's geography but hey, it's a video game, yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll give that what it is the the overall game is pretty solid Um, I really like the combat it's Yakuza style, like triangle for heavy attack, square for regular attack, circle for roll so I mean, it, to me it was very intuitive to pick up there's some cool moments where you have standoffs, like so. Anytime you approach, um, like Mongol hordes, people like uh, the Mongol army or like bandits or whatever, you will walk up to them really slowly, and it'll kind of do like a pan to the side of you, kind of going in slow mo and popping your sword, mm. and then you hold a triangle and then you release it in time to like do a one hit kill essentially yeah. on the start of the battle, and then everyone goes. <gasps> And loses their shit for a little bit because you're a badass samurai, which is, is I've done it a lot now. It makes you feel like that, yeah. Pretty satisfying, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a collectathon. Uh, it is very much as I've seen other reviewers describe it, in line with the pre-origins Assassin's Creed games. It is very much a hey, here's a big open world. There's loads of stuff for you to do. Collect some flags. Uh, <laughs> collect upgradey bits that you can then use to upgrade your tech and there are little side stories everywhere and you should go do them I, but like honestly I was gonna, in the small sorry. time I've played it I've not followed the story that much oh, okay. I've just been doing side stuff because anytime you go to a town you talk to people and they're like oh well I, I hear if you follow golden birds that golden birds will lead you to specific locations you're like you're out riding on your horse going somewhere and you see a bird and you're like, oh, bird. And then you follow the yeah. bird and then you climb up and you get a flag. It doesn't reinvent the wheel around. in that genre. Oh, no, no. definitely not. Um, and to, you know, to do the the now timeline of, I guess, where the open world is going, it is definitely not the Breath of the Wild level of open world. It is, I would dare I say, not to the level of Red Dead Redemption 2 either. Um, but I can I can definitely see some cues from Red Dead in the way like your horse controls, and it's not got that wackiness of Red Dead where you could just like ride a horse off a cliff and die. Like, this game actually like the horse will stop and you'll be like oh god cliff. Um, it's very grounded. It, it is very much an open world action game mm. though. At the moment I've just enjoyed running around and doing little things. But to be honest with you. The first one or two of them I did, these little side quest things, these tales as they're called, felt very much in the spirit of like Kung Fu or something like that. Mm. You know, this old like, uh, hey, you wander through a place yeah. and then you see some things up and then you go and you go and investigate and you go kick some ass and then you, are you give the house back. What to they the call a Ronin? No, you are no. not. You are still samurai. Okay. Essentially, you have not lost your master right, or anything like that. Okay. You 
you were a samurai you was almost killed in battle and then someone saved you like brought you back from the brink of death and then you've got to go and help your uncle you're still very much a samurai um yeah so like you wander around and then you go to a place and then for example there was one case where i had where there was a guy running in the woods he's like oh my god mongols are in the house like the my wife and child are there I, i went to the house i saved the guy's wife and child i was like okay this is interesting and then they just seem all of the framing around the ones i've done so far like there was supposedly like a spirit in the forest um there was a a feudal lord i had to go and save they've all just kind of been a hey talk to this person get a bit of story go kill a load of people end the mission by talking to someone and i'm like i hope there's a bit more to this than that i hope this isn't I'm just going to go from point A to point B, get a load of people, come back, and then reward. Yeah. I've heard the uh, soundtrack is very uh, rousing. I, I, I think every it oozes style mm. in absolutely everything it does. Mm. And that's kind of what I was going to say about the Kurosawa mode is I think the game is so visually beautiful with all of the colour it does that I think you'd probably lose a lot of that in switching it to black and white with graininess hmm. I don't know it's just the visual fidelity of everything just looks so good in colour yeah I'm sure if that I... Kurosawa went on making films into into technical identity um, yes Kage, he Kage, did Kage um, Musha is it I can't remember that's yeah. the film that I've got I haven't watched yet <laughs> that's the one that inspired Star Wars right no that's the one George Lucas made this with him or, or produced it um later down the line yeah it was a later film of his it's in colour anyway yes the, the point I was trying to make is he has done stuff in colour so maybe it was just he didn't have the means available to him but he made the best of what he had and uh, at the time yeah, but he's also not the only guy who made samurai films in black no white, no so, no certainly so, not yeah, but the most you know. famous guy I, I would suppose yeah yes, for sure yes, uh, receiving the most Good accolades game. for his work um, yeah, wow, I'm, I'm I'm very interested in it, but I don't think it's something I can dedicate the time to at the moment, because I'm playing a few other things. I, I hear it's only about 30 hours long. Yeah, that's a lot for me. So, Yeah, but to be fair, like the way I'm playing it is I'm not playing it the way I, I used to play these games where I would sit down and they will become all-consuming a la Metal Gear or Death Stranding mm. or whatever. Mm. I just... It's just nice to pick it up and play it for an hour and put it back down. That's good. You, you play it casually, which is what I, what I do, really. I play for an hour, yeah. maybe two at the most, and uh, come back to it later, which is what I've done with Shenmue 3 recently. I picked it back up again and I saw. played for an hour and a half and, and felt very comfortable in that world. Um, that game does a great job of feeling like a Shenmue game, because it is one, I suppose. But to have yeah. retained that you know, after all this time is, I think, quite impressive. And it also reminds me mostly of Shenmue 1 because it doesn't have the same pacing that 2 does. I mean, it's slower. And you spend a lot of time in that village at the beginning. At least it seems going to seem like that. Um, yeah. It's also, I think, I, I wouldn't necessarily compare it to Ghosts of Tsushima in terms of visuals, but it is beautiful in its own way. Some of the character models maybe look a little rough, but I also quite like their softness and I quite like their the stylistic approach to it. But the particularly the environments in Shenmue 3 are actually quite pretty. Like that, that, the village that you spend your time in at the beginning of the game is, is quite beautiful. And, and couple, that, couple that with the soundtrack, 
It's it just yeah. such a zen experience playing the game. I spent like, uh, I don't know how long, just looking through drawers in a room waiting for something to happen. And I was fine with it. What's in this drawer? Ooh. <laughs> you know, it makes the most mundane things. I, I don't know. They don't become boring for me. It's probably because of the world right. and to know I'm moving towards something. Because having played it most recently, uh, I've actually... Something's happened. It's progressed. It's nothing okay. big had happened for a while, really. But they reference Shenmue One. They ref re reference uh, Rio's father. You are now on a path to finding out uh, more about uh, the Dragon and Phoenix and their importance within the story. And it's like, wow, okay. it's coming together. Shenmue Three is now, after so many hours of gameplay, actually starting to connect itself a little better to the um to its prequels how much does shenmue 2 do in that respect because i i've played shenmue well it's one been a long time quite a few times if in all honesty it's been a very long time since i played shenmue 2 so i'm probably not the best person to ask but um yeah. it's it's an adventure in hong kong that moves at a reasonable pace but yeah there, there, there are pretty firm story cues uh you are progressing towards um a goal and especially maybe when you land on the fourth disc and meet uh, shen hua and and you uh find out a little bit more yeah yeah um but yeah i'm not the best person to ask on that one it's been a while since i played two i probably okay. should have played two again before playing three as i am experiencing now <laughs> Okay. But, uh, well, I mean, I will. I will eventually do that. Like after Ghost of Tsushima, like my plan is finish Shemu one, play Shemu well, two. Well, well, two as uh, my good friend Gareth reliably informs me, it moves at much faster pace, and you can complete it much quicker than Shemu one. Um, yeah. You don't have that same sense of you're in one place for a prolonged amount of time. You know, okay. you, you kind of move quite quickly through the the areas. Yeah, no, like I said, it's been so long. I played on the Xbox without even playing the first one, so I don't think I really appreciated it mm. that much. Mm. So, let's see. But it's a joy to play. And the reason, actually, why I'm playing it now is because Gareth started playing it. I'm like, I don't want him to get too far ahead of me. So when we talk, which we do on a weekly basis, we can chat about the game and, you know, you won't be having to hold okay. back important information from me. Uh, we'll be able to yeah, talk about or spoiling it, it accidentally. For yeah, you. yeah. Well, he's pretty good like that, but yeah, it's also that I suppose. But okay, but, um, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. Do you want to know a game I I wasn't loving, Tom? No, go on. Doom Eternal. Oh, you you've been playing that? Did you borrow it from the library by any chance? I borrowed it from the library. Yeah. Um, it's not great. Really? But honest, what did it do wrong? Really... The first one sort of was pretty solid, if I recall. So, I, I really like the first one. Um, and we're talking I... about the, the first one as in the one that came before this one. As in June 2016 <laughs> or whatever it was, yeah. Um, I I picked up Doom Eternal from a library. I was like, oh great, Doom Eternal's here. This will be something to play over the weekend. I'm up for a first person. I remember you in a while. playing Doom, actually, when, I, when we were yeah. living in the same country, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. You seem to be pretty. Into I ended it. up. Yeah, I ended up getting it because there was a 
a deal where if you traded in two games, you could get it for free or something. And I, I accidentally bought two copies of Overwatch, if you remember that whole shtick of me buying one from Amazon and then I oh. bought it from GameStop right, and then yeah. I took the one back. Um, yeah, no, I, I ended up getting it. I really, really enjoyed it. It was probably, I think Overwatch ended up being my game of the year that year, but like Doom is a incredible game. It doesn't take itself very seriously. It's just a fun shooter experience. This game just I don't know. A I got into it and like it was immediately as full on as Doom was at the end. Like there were just things running around everywhere. I was like, oh god, yeah, I forgot how frantic this game could be. And I was like, well if this is starting at this level, where's it gonna be by the end? Um I there's just a weird, like, tonal shift in it. Mm. Like, where it, it seems to be taking itself very seriously now, all of a sudden. Uh. And kind of some of that brevity that was in the first game of, like, haha, you're the Doomslayer, da 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 da, is gone. And, like, the Doomslayer has a face now. It's like you see this very Marcus Phoenixy guy putting well, on a helmet you and know, be like, oh, you I'm saw a his face before, didn't you? At the bottom of no. the screen all the time in the original Doom. Oh yeah, but I, yes, originally <laughs> yeah, but I mean like it's very much like hey, I'm I'm the Doom guy. Whereas before it was just like oh this is just this is just a this yeah. is he's not he doesn't matter what he is he's the do, he's the Doom. Yeah, the Doom is. guy isn't Master Chief. He isn't Marcus Phoenix, is he? I don't know. No, he's not really comparable, they... is is he, to those two? No, and like to be honest with you, I played like. I think there's... I'm not sure how many there was. I ended up deinstalling it for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I, I don't intend to play any more of it because I just didn't have a good time with it. Oh, uh, the My big issue with it is, right, like, you, you start and you get, like, the chainsaw and the flamethrower and all these things you had in the previous games and you have to remember, like, hey, I need to make sure I'm chainsawing compared to when I'm shooting and doing this this yin-yang thing of, like, am I meleeing versus am I shooting stuff and running around and doing all the things that made Doom great. But then, just on top of that, the a lot of the, the level design is just, like, it feels a bit like playing Quake, if you ever play Quake. I've played Quake. Mm-hmm. It's just like a big arena. Like every every area where you fight things is just one massive arena where you're running around and jumping on multiple levels, shooting stuff, mm. and then you you do that and you go on to another place of doing that, which is okay. It's kind of what I was expecting. But then between these areas of like shooting stuff, you'll just get like a big story section oh. of that feels very very serious with like. Characters telling you, Doomslayer, we warned you not to do this. Da, 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 and you couldn't da, care less. I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the thing is, you move on from these characters so quickly. There's, like, one called the Betrayer, and there's one called King Shabadoo. Oh, yeah, Shabadoo. And, like, as, as, soon as, you've, as soon as you've gone through this cutscene of who King Shabadoo and the Betrayer <laughs> are... Uh, there's like a little codec you can pick up and it's like, oh, you can read who this wonderful character is. And I'm like, that's just bad storytelling. Mm. Like, you think they were thinking when they were making it, though, if they don't expand on it, then it will be too similar to the original. Potentially, but like... I but think that's not the what you want from a sequel, is it? No, 
I think the stuff they were doing with like the Doctor uh, Prime. Oh, there we go. There we got an episode title. Uh, the guy who you were talking to, who was like the researcher guy, who sounded like Optimus Prime right. um, in the original Doom, who was narrating the whole story and had the very serious okay. Optimus Prime voice as you were smashing things yeah. and being quite comical as the Doomslayer. I just want him. Yeah. I just want like. I just want some kind of like deep said sense dread like narrating things at me about yeah, what they're cool. doing yeah. or whatever yeah. while I'm destroying this stuff. This is a more traditional uh, way of delivering it the story. It feels like the step up from Halo 1 to Halo 2 ah. where Halo 2 starts to get a bit too inside itself and get a bit too serious with like, oh, I'm the prophet of rage. Great way of summing it up actually, yeah. Uh, it's just I don't know. It just didn't gel with me. And in the it's third one, they'll what? add another playable character. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you'll play as the betrayer <laughs> instead of the doomslayer or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it was just it just didn't gel with me at all. I was sorely disappointed. Yeah. And I I I'd gone into it like having my optimism of like, oh god, it can't be that bad. Like people. Generally, I, I either heard people loving it or absolutely hating it when it came out. It seemed like a bit of a problem. Yeah, it really did. I heard like some critics. very positive things about it when it came out, but you turned uh, differently, I, I recall. Yeah, and I went into it going like, oh, come on. like Doom, If it's just more Doom 2016, then I'm totally fine with it. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, think, yeah that's interesting. What would you have wanted? You just would have wanted more of the same. Do you feel it had to be a little bit different, though? Yeah. No, I honestly... like. It kind of, to use another analogy, mm. it feels like, I, like I said, in the story side, it feels like Halo 1 to Halo mm. 2, it gets way too serious and up its own butt. The, the gameplay, though, like I said, is like going from Mario 1 to Lost Levels. Yeah, okay, it's yeah, harder. And so there's no, like, there's no like ramp up. It's just like, okay, cool, go. Cool. Can you like oh, God, uh, drop no. the difficulty? I'm playing it on easy, mate. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not so much the. I didn't die in my time playing it. It wasn't so much that I was. Oh my god, this is really overwhelming. Yeah. I don't know. It's it just the speed and the amount of enemies and everything else. I was just like, oh, just no. Too I, much. I don't want. I don't want this. I'm an old man. I now. want you to play Shenmue Three. That's a far different game. <laughs> I. I think that's the thing. Like, I think uh, playing that game before Ghost of Tsushima is just like, I'll, I'll sit by a lake and write a haiku. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's done with Doom. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. I played uh, Far Cry 5 because it was going for next to nothing on PlayStation Store recently. 86% discount, yeah. I think. Seven pound, eight pound. I can't recall exactly how much it was, okay. but it was under a tenner. Uh, so I decided right. to give it a go, and immediately I can see that what they're doing with this formula, because previously I've played Primal. Well, I played the original, um, and then yeah. Primal, and then Four. And in Four, they seem to have hit on their um, template for the series, which is you enter yes. a lawless land led by an evil dictator. Um, yeah, sort of premise. Yeah, you get to be fair, there's stranded. Also, there's a there's a bit of the base clearing thing from Far Cry. Actually, I forgot to mention in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, okay. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in a way, I was sort of like, oh, right, it is just the same thing with a different skin. 
And it's like, yes. that's a bit of a shame in a way, because I imagine many will feel like they've had that experience previously. But then you could say the same thing about um, Assassin's Creed, I suppose. Until as you... FIFA. Of, yeah, yeah. Tom, it's like, a franchise it... and people want the same thing, just a little different. Yeah. Hey, man, I... I would you would have had the same get thing on this high Doom. horse. <laughs> exactly, I was about to say I would get on this high horse with him and go, "Yeah, they should really change up the gameplay, blah blah blah." Uh, but at the same time, I just said, "No, I just would have liked more Doom 2016. That would have been fine." Yeah, so, yeah, I get it. Um, but it's interesting in terms of the gameplay. It starts off with a pretty much on rails segment, establishing the story, and there's this uh, cult leader, see, um, using religion as a front for his dictatorship of this um, sleepy sort of uh, American southern uh, area. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you try and arrest him at the beginning, it all goes wrong, you get stranded in this very dangerous place, basically. Yeah. But you, you find out there's a resistance that's uh, rising up against this this leader... And you're tasked with uh, liberating areas, led by yeah. several different. Because it's a family. There's a, there's an overall dictator, but then his yeah, brothers and yeah, sisters yeah, yeah. own different parts of the areas, and you have to liberate each one. And eventually, I guess you take on the big guy at the end. Um, so yeah, for yeah. those who played any of the Far Cry games, I suppose they'd be familiar with this this formula and. Uh, Yes, it's good. I've been enjoying it. But that initial segment at the beginning, there's a section where you're riding alongside this other uh, ally in a in a truck and people are chasing you. You've got to hang out the window and shoot them and it's all very much on rails, very fast. And I couldn't do it. I had it set on the normal difficulty level. I tried numerous times to get past this initial thing. This is before the game opens up and turns into the game. This is effectively right. could have been a cutscene. But I could not do it on a normal difficulty level. So I had to drop it to easy, and I did it. Fine, okay. But yeah. that's not a good way to start your game. Because it's. I don't know if I can play this game on normal without trying it and dying several times. And then I realise, okay, I'm not good enough for this game. I'll drop it. You know? Okay. And that's I think, well, that's not a great first impression. <laughs> but uh, I find still continuing to play the game on easy that it's okay it's not too easy it's not like battlefront 2 story mode was it's for me no. it, it's fine i would not like to play it on high difficulty level. <laughs> but uh it's, well yeah. that's a shame though like that's kind of annoying that that's where you are with it i feel like maybe i should try like the main game and normal mode now because i think that initial beginning part was just too hard for its own good and i'm not sure if that yeah. kind of difficulty carries over into the main bulk of the game or not. It's just a very unfortunate way to start it. Yeah. To, to be been. fair, right, like Ghosts of Tsushima also kind of started in a weird way of they I I woke up after this big cutscene battle thing at the start mm. and I got I had to stealth a little bit, but it hadn't explained to me stealth mechanics at all. Oh right, okay. And so like I got I got you are you have been seen twice, which like takes you back to the start and I was like frustrating at the beginning of what the game. Are, uh, uh, to be fair right it was because I was overthinking it and I was like right okay 
there's a guard on the road here, there's a guard on the road here, there's a guard on the road here, there's bushes. I should probably stealth through the bushes. I should probably go through the water. I played it like I would an Assassin's mm. Creed game, and all I had to do was follow the path. Okay. <laughs> it was literally all the guards, <laughs> I realised, they were on the path, were turned with their backs to the path. All I needed to do was walk forward. You're overthinking, yeah, yeah. How do you actually play a game, and how does the developer make you realise this is how you should play it? That's an interesting uh, yeah. challenge for any game developer, isn't it? Um, yeah. And sometimes it can go a little bit <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, yeah, it, it is what it is. But yeah, but, the, you yeah, have to appreciate yeah. sort of the, these open world games where everything's sort of laid out for uh, quite complicated, the idea of kind of traveling through a big world like that and where are you going to place certain things and how are you going to where are you going to put the next objective and i imagine that yeah. is quite difficult to plan an open world oh game no like i mean it, i'm it, it's the it's why bethesda games are great and also broken right it's because it's a big clockwork world yeah. that everything's running on like a same cycle yeah uh this this does a good job once you get past that initial bit i think of kind of directing you where to go it is very user-friendly it's very satisfying as well. Yeah. But, you know, if you've played four, this is the same thing. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do have a dog. I like that. You, you rescue One okay. of the first minutes you rescue this dog and he follows you around. And sometimes he'll get hurt. And, you know, you may be driving off in a truck and then you find that you, you look back and your dog's, like, dying, asking to be revived. And you have to stop that truck and go back and revive the dog. I couldn't leave him. Okay. Do you know what I mean? That and it was a, a real bit. strong sort of feeling of I wanted to protect him because he's protecting yeah. me as well. And I've not heard many people talk about this aspect of the game that it's, it's incredibly important or not. But I think it is. I think you can have befriend several animals and that they'd help you. But uh, okay. I don't want this dog to die. So I don't want like him well, to no, die and just not. get a new dog. I want I want to protect this guy. It's cool in Tsushima. You name your you name your horse. Yeah. Well. Oh, that's good. Like, yeah. and it's like it tells you this horse is going to be with you for the entire game. Ah. Yeah. It's nice. But uh, you know, I have I have uh, shot a, a dog and a cougar and yeah, but my own dog, I, I don't really want him to. Yeah, your your dog's different. Your dog's fine. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting though that like they they make you kill. Well, I mean, it's because they're wild dogs, I guess. Yeah. And sometimes the bad guys weird. have dogs and they, they they attack you with those dogs and. If you see a cougar jumping out in front of you, then you aren't just going to... Well, you might run away, but they're pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really do anything about it. It's like wolves or anything in any other game. Yeah. It's just... You, you, it, you don't... It, the, the deer and, and such and the cows, you know, you don't have to kill them. They're, they're quite fine. They're not, you know, angry creatures. Snakes also. You might find yourself where there's a snake... And uh, that's kind of scary because you go into sort of this little barn or whatever, you start hearing this sort of hissing. You know, oh, 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 there's a snake <laughs> in there. Oh, so God. I don't really think twice about that's... shooting the snakes at all. That's kind of cool, though. Like... Yeah. You don't, you can't you don't just see like... them, you hear them first. Yeah. 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 That's cool. It, I like that. It is cool. I'd recommend the game. I mean,. But it is very similar to the previous instalment. I think Prim well, Primal yeah. was a little different. It did have a lot of the same elements, but because it was so far removed from this template of dictator, like um, the sixth game seems to follow this dictator thing, doesn't it? But you're—are you, you going to play as the son 
of the dictator. I'm not sure. To be fair, I didn't actually watch that Ubisoft event. So, All I saw was there was um, it's the guy from Breaking Bad. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, who plays Gus in Breaking Bad and, and yeah. also in Better Call Saul, and uh, yeah, he's kind of telling you you've got to enforce your you know this law because these people don't know what they want you know. <laughs> kind of yeah, thing yeah. and the usual dictator spiel. There's a very tense scene at the beginning of the trailer. He hands him a, a grenade and 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 pulls the pin. And says, if you let go of this grenade, right, you're gonna blow yeah. it, blow up. So the whole thing, and he's explaining about how he enforces his law. Right, you, you're following him and you're holding a grenade. But this is a child, right. and I assume you maybe grow up. Yeah. Uh, later on, and the game takes place when he's a bit more grown up. Uh, but so what are you going to do? You know, all these people out here rioting, are you going to throw this grenade at them? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, ooh, okay. it's quite, quite intense. But it does seem to follow the same same idea, so I don't know how excited I can get about Far Cry 6. No, I've only I'm started playing seen. 5. <laughs> Wait till Come it's off, like, it like uh, under a tenner, and there might be a bit of go sometime. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I, I think I'll enjoy... Far Cry Five it certainly got me playing for quite a long, long while. Get my attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Other than that, actually, the the only game I've been playing, obviously, it, these are big games. Admittedly, I'm not saying they're not. Was I started playing Final Fantasy Twelve? Oh yes, on the Switch. Yes, um, the Zodiac. What, age why do I know that? I think I might have been nosing it to your game activity on the Switch. That's what no, I know. That's fair enough. No, I. It came out. Um, it came out about a year ago, I think. They re-released it for the Switch. I it, Final Fantasy Twelve is the the only Final Fantasy game I've never beaten. Mm. So like, mm. why is that? Do I you have think? It. Did you not enjoy it when you first played it? Or? It came out late on the PS2 lifespan. So to be honest with you, I think it came out kind of in the window where I wasn't really playing that many mm. video games. Sure. And I'd already moved on to the 360, so I probably just didn't pick it up. Mm. Um, I chewed. It was very good. I like the look of the world. the The fact that the combat system was Final Fantasy XI's combat system is always kind of intriguing to me. Ah, right. I have friends who didn't like that game because the combat was so different. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a lover of it, yeah. if I'm being honest. It feels a bit weird and it feels a bit more fiddly than it should, yeah. because you have you have a, a cast of characters. You generally have three people in your party and then a lot of what I've been doing in the first like five hours or so is having guests who are like will eventually probably become playable characters or they're just people who are helping you out through a dungeon or whatever mm. and essentially what you do is you you play as one character you can fully control you do have menus so like you can just press the a button at any time select like uh, say Ash, who is my white mage, and go, okay, you, you need to heal me now. But it kind of disrupts the flow of combat in a weird way. It isn't. It doesn't feel as organic, I think, as like the, the combat in 13 does, which kind of tries the same kind of action-y multiple things going on at once thing, or 15 for that I'm matter. trying to work out what 13 is. Is that an online one? No, 13 was uh, Lightning. Ah, yes. Remember, Sorry. they made three yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the combat's a bit rough, is all I will really say about it. I died against the first boss, which is something I've probably never done in a Final Fantasy game, because 
there are these things called gambits. And essentially what the gambit is, is a way of you assigning things to the other people in your party. So I could tell one of my party members, hey, you need to, any time a player's health, uh, a party member's health goes below 50%, you need to throw a potion at them. And there are, depending on, they have its own, there's a board rather than a, a sphere grid. Mm. So, like, any character can be anything, like the Final Fantasy V job system. Mm-hmm. And then they have boards that I can't remember the bloody name of. There's a name for it, but it, essentially it's a flat sphere grid. Okay. And by hitting, by leveling one thing up, you level up everything else around it. And even gears tied to that, so you can't, like, you can't wear the latest accessory you found in a dungeon unless you're a particular class and you've leveled them to have accessories three, oh. which feels a bit weird. <laughs> I, the story's gripping enough. The story's the thing that's kind of keeping me going. The Switch version does have the lovely thing that I can just press the left trigger at any time and, like, the game will go at four times the speed. Oh. So <laughs> I can just quickly get through combat encounters to be fair, it was also one of the contributing factors of why I died on that first boss. Okay. Because everything was going so fast that it just yeah. kept using its super move. But the story's good. I like the story. I'll play it through. It doesn't seem like it's actually that long. I feel like I'm already about a quarter of the way through the game and I've only played it for five hours. Is it comparable so... to any other Final Fantasies in terms of its story? I mean, maybe, or to it's... be fair, right? The, the biggest, like, the... the Oddly, the weirdest thing I've been able to draw comparisons to is it feels very much like Star Wars. Oh, right. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the the game starts in a very heavy way. Sorry, spoilers for... I have actually point, played the beginning, but a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's a king or a, a prince and a princess, and they get married, and then the prince goes to war and dies within the first, like, four minutes of the game. Um, because... Your your little nation is between two bigger nations, and one of the big nations wants to own your nation to push so it can attack the bigger one. So you go to war, and then you start the game by playing as a character who you pretty much die as immediately because mm. you witness this assassination of a king. Mm. And so, like, the game starts really, really, like heavy mm. in a way that was like wow this is really different like god i can't believe they're going these places with a final fantasy game and then you play as a character called van is the main character and he is just like a street punk as is the case with a lot of final fantasy games um and you end up getting embroiled in this bigger story that involves royalty and rebellion oh, so you're like and luke sky Skywalker. pirates yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the thing is, right, you're Luke Skywalker. The there's a a rabbit lady who's in a ridiculous costume uh, called Fran yeah. who is like the the co-pilot and obviously she's got a lot more personality well, than like a Chewbacca, <laughs> but like she is the pilot of the ship along with the Han Solo type character oh. and like uh she to be fair, like she's a really cool character. She she has magic senses and all this other kind of stuff, and she's she's definitely. Like, I'm not saying she's in a one note character or anything, mm. but like, if you were to map this onto Star Wars, that's the character she would be. Um, then you've got a knight whose name is Blanche, I think, um, and he is kind of he was 
he you see him in the start of the game kind of kill the king turns out he it may not have been as cut and dry as you've been led to believe at the start of the story but he's kind of like part of the old guard and kind of fulfills an obi-wan mm, vibe okay yeah um even though I'm, I'm sure they're going to take him more interesting places than that, but like everyone knows who he is, and so he's able to do stuff that other characters probably wouldn't have been able to do. And then obviously there's a princess, this Leia. It's got to be a princess. Um, yeah, and she's any crystals. Yeah, oh, <laughs> need you ask. <laughs> yeah, no. So the crystal in this game isn't like this big divine thing. The crystal is actually. The way of proving that Ash, the princess, is actually of royal blood. Because oh. if her blood touches this stone, it'll react. So there's more to it than like the wind crystal, yeah. the fire crystal. You know, crystal the, the controlling the wind, that's Final Fantasy V, isn't it? What's that? Isn't Final Fantasy V the one with the wind crystal? Yes. Yeah. I, to be fair, I think all of them are the one with the wind crystal. Oh, right. There's a wind crystal in every game. Um. The yeah, it's the main plot of five though is the wind. Yes, yes, I remember because there's, there's a stolen, big yeah. dragon that pulls the boat because there's no wind. Wind, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ship is pulled by a large dragon. Yeah. But all in all, the story, despite what I'm saying about Star Wars, like to be honest, it's kind of one of the, one of the reasons I like it. Mm. Is it, it? It is telling the story, and there's clearly like. There's actually a lot of visual inspiration in some of like the landing ships and stuff. Reminded me of the the droid ah, Dakar yes. thing. The droid like, landing craft. The droid, <laughs> the droid transporter thing. That that the like, uh, that um, Obi Wan and uh, Qui Gon sneak onto and, and they land on. Uh, yeah, Naboo. exactly. The one yeah. full of battle droids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They, it's a good game. Can hear it in like, my head I've now. Been... The, the the Imperial yeah. Mark. No, not the no the Trade Federation Mark. Da, da, and to be da, fair, da, I do da, also da, get Star Wars vibes from the music. Now I think about it, yeah. there are some themes in that game that do that do feel like John Williams themes. Yeah, okay, well this sounds great. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't think you, as a person who doesn't really like Final Fantasy, would be put that off by the combat in the way that I perhaps am. Yeah, but uh, it. It's it's good. No, I I and see why people really enjoy this. I game think I'd rather I watch it as a film, whether or not I yeah, play the I, game. I, <laughs> I th- to be fair, you could just watch the cutscenes. Mm. I think probably and get the same amount out of the game as I am mm. because that's the thing that's driving me forward and make me think. Well, should I just watch the cutscenes? Is that <laughs> should, like <laughs> should I watch? I'm sure someone on YouTube is like cut well, together. Well, because you a don't love the combat, yeah. No, I, yeah. I I mean I'm used to the combat. I yeah, can deal yeah, with it. Yeah. I can fight bosses and I don't die now. Yeah. But like, it, it's a bit too fiddly. Mm. Yeah, That's I don't know. Put me I'm getting old, Tom. I think this is just me being a curmudgeon this entire episode. Yeah. But I, it's I don't know. A, a game, stuff. a game has to be really either straightforward or do something really radically different oh. that I haven't experienced before. Matthew, I must talk what? about Yakuza Zero. Okay. Right. Yes, so I played it Let's. for maybe an hour and a half. Uh, so. Yeah, and I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know, Matt. It didn't convince what do you, me. What do you mean? What do you mean? What was I doing for ages? I was just walking around Camarucho. Uh, Camarucho. Yeah. Say it again. Camarucho. 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 Yeah. So, um, and I was like, well, what, what should I be doing? I meant to be asking people about this uh, corrupt uh, 
uh, real estate uh, agency, right? So I was yeah. wandering around trying to find people to ask, thinking this was Shenmue. I can talk to everybody. Oh, no, I can't, like, talk to anybody. I was going in no. shops, like, thinking, oh, I can talk to... Oh, no, I can just buy food. I don't need to eat any more food. Okay, so it's like, oh, I'll go and play Outrun for a bit. I'll wander around, and eventually you find somebody who's important enough to tell you something. Yeah. Right, Tom, if you open your map at any time, it'll tell you where to go. Will it? Exactly, yeah, where, exactly where to go. You... Yes, exactly where to go. Oh, because I was just randomly going in anything that was sort of uh, coloured on the map, any sort of building, thinking, oh, well, that must no, be important. They... But that's just the There's li- shop. No, that's just showing you the shops yeah, and stuff. Yeah, okay. There's literally a marker on your Still map that tells you where to go at to any one game. time. Because yeah, I found all that just wandering round. I, I felt like the game wanted you to wander around and meet, understand how it works, and you can go into these shops, you can get these foods, or you can... Pick up this card and then sell it to this guy, uh, the idle card or something. Like, uh, yeah. And that that was something that you can do in the game. Yeah, I was picking that up, and I was picking up the fact that this guy wanted to sell me some mushrooms, but they were just regular mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and then running into fights all the time. And yeah, then, yeah, uh, yeah. And I then mean, that, kind that of like liking that about, oh, it's a fight. Well, I, I don't mind doing the fights. I, I preferred the, is it the Rush style? The yes. Dragon Rush? Dragon and Rush, yeah. And there's the Usually big one. In... It's like the one where you swing bicycles around at people. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember. The... So the thing is, like, that's only in Yakuza 0. Okay. And that's kind of a reaction to Yakuza 4 and 5 letting you have different like different characters play different ways. Oh yeah, sure, okay. And so Dragon is kind of how Kiryu tends yeah. to play in other games. Rush is how Oh god, I've forgotten his name. I like the Rush um, one. I like the, the dodging lawn... in it a lot. The... Um It's because I... that's how one of the other characters plays. Yeah. The the charismatic loan shark guy from four and five. God, I can't remember his name. What's his okay. name? I need to know. That one uh, but you can't throw in that one. No. Which was, I was missing doing that. I like throwing people into walls and such. But I was missing me able to do that. But I found the other, the, the dragon one, maybe it's too slow. I feel a bit sluggish. I don't know once you level up your skills, you get to feel a bit faster or not, but I quite like the rush. Akiyama. Okay. Yeah, you. I mean, you do, to be fair. With the, with the dragon mode, it is purposely slow because that's kind of how Kiryu made, how Kiryu plays traditionally. Yeah. Is he's, he's, he's a heavy, mm. you know, he's... Mm. To use Street Fighter terminology, he's he's a Zangief. Yeah, okay. Um, um, you know, like he does lots of damage, but yeah. he's not too fast. Yeah. And then Akiyama, who's the guy they introduced him for, yeah. is like, I don't know, a, like a Feilong or something. He goes, he's super fast. Yes. His his hits aren't as powerful, but like you do all crazy spins and it's really showy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in how you fight. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, by yeah, far, and, and, uh, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that is why they had to introduce all these new styles, was that the idea of, like, oh, well, clearly people pl- liked playing as him mm-hmm. in Yakuza 4 and Yakuza 5. We should we should figure out a way to map the stuff that people liked about Akiyama, who's a side character, onto Kiryu, who was our main character. Hey, what I thought was really effective was the big, really tall guy who'll steal all your money. Yeah, And, and be, seeing him go, oh, shit. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Over the side road, so I've got to keep my distance from him because he, he will steal all my money if I go near him because I'm not strong enough to really compete with him yet. 
I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was quite funny. It, to be fair, I th- that's where they get the Majima Everywhere mode from, I think, oh, is right. that guy. Okay. And then they they do that they do that again in judgment with a with a gang. It could be irritating, I suppose, because you might not want to go somewhere because that guy's there, and you're like, oh well, I can't really fight him. It 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 won't get in your way so much in the Yakuza games when they do it in judgment. It actually yeah. kind of breaks the game a bit for me because you get a meter that's at a hundred percent. It's like, oh no, this gang are everywhere, and so like you're trying to go from A to B, but you yeah. literally have to fight like fifteen people on the way. What I'm trying to say in short about Yakuza is I'm not sold on the gameplay, really, although the fighting's quite fun. but The fighting is the main bit of that yeah, game. It does seem like that is the gameplay. Uh, or the, yes. But the, the story's great. I, I'm really interested in what's happening, uh, and that's what keeps you playing. Um, yes. It's not the gameplay so much. No, it is not. <laughs> Honestly, it is not the gameplay. The fighting is good. The fighting is the main bit. Honestly, if you you can run around that map, there are some some of the side stories are really well written. Okay, and that's it, the main. It's not like Shemu though. Can Shemu you talk to people? You get no. a clue. You go to this guy. It's, oh, you need to go there no, at this no, time no, no, no. and do that and that and. No man, I, I'd like Use that about Shemu. But... It's all. No, I know, but it, all trust me, the story of Yakuza is good. All you need to do though, is just keep an eye on your map. There's a clearly marked right, space okay. where you How need to go. How did I miss that? I just don't know. Go there. I don't know. I'm not saying I didn't like it because I did like it. I was just a bit lost. At what What am I meant to be doing? That was it. But if you've pointed out the where, where exactly I had to go was on the map, then that probably makes it a bit easy. Just do that. Honestly, just run from A to B as much as you can. You'll get involved in fights and stuff in the way, and you'll feel like you're fighting, and you'll feel like you're playing a video game as opposed to watching just an FMV. But then when you are just watching the thing, it is like good TV, so you don't really mind. It brings me back to something you said maybe last week, or last time we podcasted anyway, that it's like um, a modern beat-em-up. Yes. But with a, with a, with a story. So. Yeah, yeah. An in-depth sort of story that's going somewhere, yeah. and it's like a TV show, and you want to know what happens next. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's there's fun, goofy stuff that makes it Yakuza. That kind of like is the light. Oh yeah, the I definitely uh, sometimes picked up on some of story. the more comical aspects of the game. I didn't realize that Zero also came out on PS3. Yes, it did. So not not in gone. the West, no, but no. in Japan. But I, I was reading things about how it could have been better visually. Perhaps it could have taken advantage of the PS4 more if it hadn't have yes. been also in development for the three yeah there there's a period where all well it, those yakuza games are transitional games so yakuza zero came out in the ps3 and the ps4 at the same time as did uh, ishin the mm. the second samurai game mm-hmm. that's also both on ps3 and ps4 yeah but then six wasn't on ps3 Six was six was made with a new engine for the PS4. Ah, which is why six so do you, yeah, you noticed that about six. I've not played six yeah. yet properly. So and then the they also then made uh, Kaiwami one and two in the Yakuza six engine. Ah, really? Okay, because yes. I thought Kiwami there was something a little stiff about the characters. Hmm. I. I think it's because they're using all they're trying to use old assets in oh, this okay. new engine, but like yeah, I got that impression when I first played Kiwami that they were sort of using the original assets but making them look a bit prettier, but that not meaning the animation was any 
With yeah, yeah, but I also think like they're budget games compared to Yakuza Six. Like they just remade these old games. Oh, okay, not... okay. Well, no bad old considering like said, Yakuza yeah. uh, Zero does still look good. You know, definitely a lot of uh, attention to detail. I wouldn't pick at yeah, it like sure. some people seem to on the internet. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's good. I like it, but there's not much to it. Is there? <laughs> no, yeah. but like I said, it's main. It, Yakuza is mainly for me about the story. I just think the characters are really compelling and it's yeah. really well written. Yeah. Go from A to B as much as you can. Yeah. See the story, and then once you've experienced the story, you'll kind of get why I like Yakuza so much, I think. Mm-hmm. And you also do a lot of dumb shit along the way, like karaoke or working from a chicken. What? <laughs> these are all things you can... Yeah, these are all things you could look forward to, Tom. Okay. Yeah, and I will, and I will look job forward to them. For a chicken. Yeah. Great stuff, man. It, it is absurd. So I, I was I love obviously uh, noticing we hadn't spoken about Yakuza yet, so I just wanted to get that in there. No, I think I mentioned it earlier. I Did said you? that Ghost of Tsu- Ghost of Tsushima has like Yakuza style combat. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm making sure for Anthony, <laughs> a good friend who's listening, that I'm mentioning Yakuza absolutely every episode. Well, I was also enforcing that. <laughs> good. Marvelous. So, do you have anything else to chat about this week? No, I I picked up some more Master System stuff. Yeah. It hasn't arrived yet. Uh, I bought Ease, uh, which was one of the last games. Oh, was that list. expensive? Ah, uh, no, surprisingly. Um, I I managed to get a copy in Denmark. the mm. The case was a bit rough, and I was like, oh, I don't really care about the case, so yeah. I got that for a good price. Um, and what else did I buy with that? Uh, some some shmup that I didn't have. I can't mm. remember what it was. Ease was the main thing I wanted from the guy, and I bought that and then I got the shmup at a good price because of it Okay. I will tell you I am drumroll see I bought these games a couple of weeks ago and they just still haven't arrived yet so I just need to double check but this is how long it's been since we last podcasted yeah I picked up a few more important Dreamcast games uh, oh yeah I, I got Galaxy Force and Transpot there we go okay Transpot Gal- I know of yeah Galaxy Force Galaxy Force is a very interesting game it's like behind the spaceship perspective it kind of reminded me a bit of Star Fox so I'm very curious to see what that looks like yeah kind of but like but it's definitely you're a spaceship yeah you're not flying around in space (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. feels like it looking at a video of it it looked like the asteroid level in Star Fox and so I was like I'm curious about this yeah nice might have to try and find a way to play that it's not expensive either like most mass system games is very affordable even if you, you were to find a non-legitimate way to play it. My master system is shut up in in the office, so... uh... Ah, okay, fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) One day I'll be reunited with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh well. Um, Yeah, but Pokemon Snap, we never mentioned that. I just just had this look in my list of stuff. There's a new Pokemon Snap game coming out. We never talked about it. Yeah, What do you think? I mean, this is the thing. I'll I'll play it. I mean, I loved the original Pokemon Snap, so I was very excited at the time. But that kind of came and went, and, and we never mentioned it, so I just wanted to address it on the podcast. I'm excited about it. Sounds like you are as well. Yeah, I mean, this is the weird thing, right? We're currently like in the middle of E3, but we're not. Yeah. Because games have been announced, as we've already described, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been shown, like there's a new Watch Dogs, there's a new Legion, Far Cry. Yeah. yeah, but like this stuff's getting announced, but it's getting announced in weird orders because there's not like a week of news anymore we're gonna get more from uh, microsoft studios uh, later on in the month is that right it's just like halo yeah uh 
Is it what's it called? Is it called Halo Infinite or something like that? Yes, it's oh, Halo Infinite. Oh gosh, another one. I... Infinite, Eternal. Well... You know, no, it's not that. Like, oh gosh, another Halo game. It's oh gosh, another game that's using that because Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Halo Infinite, Doom yeah. Eternal. You know, it's like oh come on, just think of something else. Hey man, like <laughs> Halo Six. I get it. I don't know. That's just branding. Like that's just how branding works. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why they dropped the six, because they want new people to be like, hey, this is a jumping on point for you. Like, Sure. <sighs> but it's not a remake, it is it? It's a, new, it's a new game. It is a new game. Yeah. It is Halo 6 for all yeah. intents and purposes, yeah. but yeah. they're doing different things with it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so there'll be plenty more to talk about in the forthcoming weeks, I think, in regards to new releases and such. And uh, I saw a little video that IGN did with the DualSense controller, and, uh, and they had a guy who was testing that out. And... Uh, looked kind of cool but it's i don't know if it's a reinvention of the ps4 controller because it looks very similar it's just got more sort of interactive you know the haptic feedback and the pressure sensitive triggers and apparently the speaker is a lot louder a lot clearer in it you know yeah and and the the astrobot game is going to be with every ps5 it pre-installed, oh, really? yeah, pre-installed every PS5, oh, okay. and it was initially used to showcase to potential developers what they can do with the controller. So it's really a tech demo for the controller. To be fair, I mean, like most Astro Astrobot games have been tech demos, yeah. in my opinion. Like yeah. the v the the Astrobot VR should have been with the VR. So yeah, let's see. So that's so, interesting. So so Sony were definitely saying that we we make a new console. But we want to innovate on the last one. So that's what they're bringing to the table, basically. As well as things like the Solar State Drive that's going to have, which the Xbox will also have. This controller is something they're really pushing. It's like, get this maybe over the Xbox because we're doing something more exciting with the controller. Yeah. Whereas I don't know, the, the plan with the uh, Series X would be a similar controller. I don't know yet. There's been doesn't feel like there's been as much info uh, on the Xbox side of things. I, to be fair, I think it's because both companies are trying to, like, keep yeah. their, like, uh, their yeah. hands concealed as much as they I can. Think, I think but Microsoft like, are being very sly at the minute and waiting for Sony to do something, maybe, and then undercut them. Perhaps on price to, or to release fair, date I mean, or something like it that. It would have worked out better for them last time, I reckon. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, that's what got me to switch over to the PS4 was them revealing all of this shit about the Xbox and then me going, no thanks. So Yeah. I, I feel like they have a um, tendency to overcomplicate things. At the minute, they've stopped yes. allowing you to purchase the live, 12 months live, directly from them. You can still buy it online, but Microsoft don't offer Why? it direct. Because the theory is they might replace it with Ultimate. Which Ultimate I wasn't familiar with until the other day. But that's basically Game Pass and Xbox Live together at a sort of £11 uh, a month rate. Right? Okay. You can still right. buy three months, you know, Xbox Live or whatever. Uh, but you can't buy 12 months right now. And, and people are wondering whether they're setting up something. I don't particularly want to pay £11 a month. Because uh, I don't really want Game Pass. Because I have a lot of games to play. Not that I'm yeah, act, to be, yeah. Not to be fair though, the people I know who use Game Pass really love that service. I, I've heard great things and I can see the benefit, but for someone like me who has a lot of games and doesn't always make his best use out of them, Game Pass is just yeah. more and I don't need more. <laughs> to be fair, the 
my library is the Game Pass. Yes. <laughs> I just rent things from there that I'm not sure yeah, about. Yeah, of course it is. It'd uh, be interesting to move that from Microsoft. I feel like that may be a little bit complicated, but maybe it's not as complicated in reality as it is in my head, perhaps. Let's see. Well, we'll see what they what they bring to the table eventually, but um, I don't think there's much between these two consoles, in all honesty. No, I don't think so either. I think this will be the most neck-and-neck console generation we've probably had for a while. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, I have said previously on the podcast, I think that Microsoft might have a success if they go for the cheaper console, because people will just buy it because it's cheap. But I feel that there is a certain PlayStation loyalty. And that loyalty is really going to be tested when Sony announced the price, I suppose. But That's um, kind of my feeling. A, fr- a friend of mine, um, well, fellow Blast Processor Mike, uh, was saying that the, the technology that's in these consoles uh, is pretty high-end PC stuff that's going to cost over like a 1000 if you would have the PC equivalent. So yeah. when you look at these consoles that are definitely going to retail under that uh, price point, you actually do get a lot for your money. But yeah. of course you don't future... Well, PCs you can upgrade. Consoles are a different story, aren't they? But I like console yeah. gaming, so I'm, I'm always going to stick with consoles. So. Me too, but yeah. let's see. I don't know. As you say, like at the moment I'm feeling PlayStation more than Microsoft just because I believe Sony's shown more stuff. So I'm far, think, yeah, they're, they're definitely winning the race, I think. I had a very bad experience with the Xbox One that has kind of put me off in a way that I didn't necessarily have with the PS3. Like, I I have stronger feelings towards my dislike of the Xbox One than I had towards the PS3. Like, I thought the PS3 was fine. I just didn't think it was as good as the Xbox. And so if it's if it's literally Which, just like a Talking a about choice, the 360. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, the 360, yeah. The 360, was, 360 was, was so the 360 honest. was a brilliant console. I wish this could um, be Microsoft's next 360. The Xbox One's a bit of a stumbling block. I think uh, as good as the console as it is, that they handled it very poorly at the beginning. Do you think if this is if this doesn't hit the way the Xbox 360 did, do you think if this is another PlayStation generation, this would be the last Microsoft console? Wow, what a statement! I don't know. Microsoft got heaps of cash, but uh, still, every company's yeah, got but, their limits, but, haven't they? But also, you know, they thought they could take a, a chunk out of Twitch with Mixer and then yeah, shut down. that now, fell so. through. Uh, they, I they'll, mean, they'll keep plodding the on. Way... I think they keep going for it, but Sony does seem to have the edge right now. Can they maintain that? Well, it will be very interesting to uh, see what happens. What will transpire? Yeah, exactly. And Nintendo just sitting there, everyone loves the Switch. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nintendo is this. Well, I mean, this is why they're playing. everyone plays nice with Nintendo, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft like, allows Minecraft to be on there and all this other stuff is because they realise that Nintendo's not vying for that top spot yeah. that they are. What like, a lovely Nintendo's position happy to... to be in for Nintendo. I think Sony and yeah. Microsoft have got this real issue, you know, with with sort of competing with each other, whereas Nintendo can just keep going. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just got to watch out for Google, right? Stadia. Oh, oh yeah, we've all got to watch over shoulder for the Stadia. That's gonna, yeah, rock our world. What am I on about? Yeah, it came out a year ago. I don't oh, is it? Oh, I don't know. Anything, I don't but right. yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. Okay, nice right, Let's nice just bring it to a close. Yeah. Good podcast. Yeah, we talked about a lot. We've covered a lot of things. We hope you agree um, that it's a good podcast. And if you do, 
you can go to the <laughs> usual platforms. Go on. Do it. And, Do it yourself. Uh, like and subscribe through iTunes, Stitcher. You mo- okay. Not no, Mixer. You, right, you- not mixer <laughs> go on yeah do okay. it do it matt i'll do that I properly right and if you've enjoyed this podcast you can tell us in a variety of places on facebook.com forward slash tom and matt attack at twitter at tma cast and at game Boyle and at tom parry 11 specifically if there's something you want to tell either one of us you can listen to the podcast in a variety of places as well on facebook we will generally put a link as Tom Parry does every week with an exceptional thumbnail, oh, to com forward slash podcast, uh, where you can download and listen to it. You can also subscribe to the RSS feed. But if you like your things in a nice little application, you can also find us in Stitcher and iTunes. When you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening and you're enjoying the podcast. Wow. And we're also in another variety of places as well, like BlastProcess.com on YouTube, specifically with Tom Parry taking you through the wonders of Shenmue 3 at the moment. I'm sure there will be some more Parry's pickups or anything else no, you're doing at the moment. Tom's Gaming World. Uh, Tom, I, know, it I know it's Tom's Gaming World and Tom's Plays and everything else, but I want more Parry's pickups. You're saying, I want to, I want V-Rally, Tom, to be immortalised on it, YouTube. It is, it is. I, I, basically, Tom's Gaming World is Parry's pickups, but we're a bit looser. Fair enough. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I'm on YouTube myself at Game Boyle. There will eventually be something for this Godzilla month. Uh, I have scripted something. It's just finding the time to actually edit it because I've made it a bigger thing than I probably should have, knowing the time I had in July. Ooh, but I am hey, intrigued. It's fine. Yeah. It's all right. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Tom Parry, as always, for thank podcasting. Thank you, Matthew Boyle. I, I think you did that amazingly. I'm in awe of your, your skills. Thank you. I, I, I try my best. It's well rehearsed. It's like 240th time we've done so this, good. so it's all right. Um, and more importantly, though, thank you, dear listener, mm, for listening you. to us babble on about old games, new games, and some in between. Lovely to have the pleasure of talking into your ears. Lovely also, Tom Parry, having you <laughs> uh, talk into my ears while we yes. do this. And until next week, everybody, be sure, as always, to game on. Oh, game on. Very good. Very good.